Um, in order to honor the gospel, let us stand either in body or in spirit. Our scripture this morning comes from Luke, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I resisted uh, going on Facebook for many years. And I thought, I, I don't have time for that, and I don't really want to get involved in all that. And uh, I finally took the plunge a, a little while ago and realized there's some ministry opportunities here to stay in touch with people and to put positive out there into cyberspace to counter the negative that is around us. Helen Bryant put something on her Facebook page that I found helpful. I miss Helen and Doug. They're up in, is it New Hampshire in the summer? Um, But it's good to be connected. And Helen put something up this week that I want to read to you. Once a man was asked, what did you gain by regularly praying to God? The man replied, nothing. But... Let me tell you what I lost. Anger, ego, greed, depression, insecurity, and fear of death. 
Sometimes the answer to our prayers is not gaining, but losing, which ultimately is the gain. You know, we've been praying this prayer of the Lord for most of our lives, and sometimes I sense that even as kids we were um, immunized against its real power. We learned just enough of the Lord's Prayer to know it by heart. And we may pray it for years and years and years, but it's quite radical, those words that we're praying. If we are honest, very interesting that Sally was singing. If we're, if we're honest, to pray the Lord's Prayer, to pray thy kingdom come, is actually to pray my kingdom go. And it has something to do with what Helen lifted up in this illustration. What we let go of is often anger, ego, greed, depression, insecurity, fear of death. The disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Just like John the Baptist taught his disciples, teach us something too. Now, isn't it interesting that all this time they've been together... Jesus hasn't taught them prayer 101. He has just prayed. And they apparently have been observing. They've watched him go up into the hills early in the morning to seek communion with God. They've watched him pray, perhaps without words, most likely without words, but they also saw the power that came out of Jesus when he was connecting in this relationship with the divine, with his Father. And they wanted to tap into that power, into that energy, into that love. And so they said, teach us to pray. And he gave them some words. Now, we all know there's a limit to words, but words can point us deeper, possibly deeper into a relationship with the the divine. And so Jesus begins by saying, well, say this, our Father. Now, Let me just take Father first a little bit, and then I'm going to get to Our. I don't know about you, but I was blessed to have a wonderful dad, and and I'm still grateful for my dad, and, and I had a very good father image. He was kind, he was compassionate, he was loving, but I also realized that not everybody has that. And some people have... Uh, baggage with their dads. A, a, a large number of people have baggage that either their dad was unapproachable or, or unkind or somehow disconnected and they weren't in relationship with a, a loving father image and so to pray our father is really difficult and doesn't make a whole lot of sense because that image of God is confused by their earthly father. And so some people pray the our father by saying our mother which is a wonderful way to pray that prayer. Perhaps their image of a mother is is more loving, more gracious, more accepting. And so praise God for those who pray, our mother. Inclusive language is important for for those who are seeking God because if if male-dominant language hinders a relationship with the living God, well, then let's not use it. If feminine language helps us, then let's use it. 
If we have no baggage with father language, fine. But whatever language we want to use, God wants to be in relationship with us. And Jesus was saying to the disciples and to us, whatever your image of a loving parent is, that's who God wants to be for you. Perhaps spirit is a more accessible image or metaphor or person to pray to. I want to share with you, I made copies in the back for those who want to explore some more. Richard Rohr wrote a book called The Naked Now, Learning to See as the Mystics See. And he, in one of his pilgrimage retreats during Lent, his hermitage retreats where he was silent for 40 days, he he listened for what the Holy Spirit might say, be, reveal. And he came up with different names that I have found helpful, and I share it with you as from one beggar to another in the spiritual life. Maybe these words would help us in our relationship with the divine. Listen to some of the words he uses to describe the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to read them all. You can pick it up in the back if you'd like. If you'd like. Pure gift of God. Indwelling presence. Defense attorney. Inner anointing. Reminder of the mystery. Homing device. Knower of all things. Implanted pacemaker. Compassionate observer. God compass. Inner breath. Divine DNA. Hidden love of God. Implanted hope. Father and mother of orphans. Truth speaker. Warmer of hearts. Space between everything. Wind of change. Cloud of unknowing. These are just a few that he uses to help us in our relationship, to open a door of access in this relationship with the divine. Perhaps a more important word that Jesus uses in teaching us how to pray is our. O-U-R. Our. Now remember who he's talking to. Of his 12 disciples, there was Simon the Zealot who spent a good bit of his time trying to overthrow the system. Trying to undermine the system. Trying to defeat the system and the power structures. And Jesus was teaching Matthew the tax collector who spent a good bit of his life building up the system, building up the power equations. These two couldn't have been further apart politically, and Jesus chose both of them to follow him. That may be helpful for us, followers of Jesus, United Methodists, as the world is always saying, divide, divide, divide. Jesus seems to want to hold opposites in tension. Jesus seems to want to bring diverse points of view into Christian community together. 
our Father is not only for Simon the Zealot and Matthew the tax collector. Our is also for men and women. Our is for children and parents and grandparents. Our is for the younger culture who understands and loves Pokemon Go. And the older generation who has very little relationship with Pokemon Go. Our God. Our God is for people who hold signs that say black lives matter and people who hold signs that say blue lives matter. Our God. This week of all weeks, we are reminded how significant our is as we are between the Republican convention and the Democrat convention. Our God. No one owns God. When Jesus gets into the body of the prayer, he encourages his disciples and us to almost be demanding of God. To not walk gently, to not be demure, to not try and convince God of our worthiness or try to talk God into something that God may or may not want. Jesus' words are brazen. Jesus' words are demanding. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us. Deliver us. Notice how there's a lack of timidity there. It's not, God, if you would be so kind, would you give us this day? No. Jesus says, demand this of God. God knows who you are. God knows what you need. God loves you and wants what is best for you. But in that prayer, Jesus is also telling us to be honest with our own brokenness. Isn't that what one of the lyrics was, Sally? Yes. Uh, Bring your brokenness and I'll bring mine. Bring your brokenness and I'll bring mine. Ah, a, A glimpse of the kingdom of God, when the church can be a place where we accept our own brokenness and one another's brokenness and the brokenness of the world, and we can continue to say, and the best of all, that God is with us in the midst of our brokenness, and God sent the healer in Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted. It is a humble acknowledgement of our brokenness and our neediness when we say, give us Because we recognize we are dependent. We can't do this on our own. When we pray, forgive us, we humbly acknowledge that we have blown it. We have made mistakes. We have hurt one another's feelings. We have hurt others knowingly or unknowingly. And so to pray, forgive us, is a humble acknowledgement of our need for forgiveness. To pray, lead us acknowledges that sometimes we are lost. Sometimes we are vulnerable and we don't know where to go or what to do. And Jesus is giving us permission to be honest and to acknowledge that in prayer, in relationship with a loving God. Deliver us. That's our humble acknowledgement that we long for another way. We long for a better way. 
And God can provide that. There's no politeness, no groveling, no pandering, no trying to justify our worth or God's greatness. God is good not because we are good, but because God is good. God loves us not because we're worthy, but because God is God. One of the more profound and fun prayers and honest prayers from Anne Lamott. Do any of you read Anne Lamott? Great writer, great person of faith. She said in the morning she prays three prayers. Help me, help me, help me. (laughs) And in the evening she says three prayers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those are good prayers to pray. Maybe you came to church this morning to hear those prayers as a way to navigate our lives. As Jesus went on after he taught what we know now as the Lord's Prayer, he said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Do you hear the invitation that Jesus is giving to his disciples and to all people of the search? He's there reminding us again, faith is not certainty. Faith is faith. Faith is trusting. Faith is seeking. It has little to do with certainty. Steve Garnis Holmes, a great United Methodist pastor in New England, wrote this this week. Faith is not having. It's searching. Faith is not knowing, it's asking. Faith is not having arrived, it's knocking on the door. So friends, how do we knock on the door? How do we search perhaps our prayers? God, I don't even know how to search. I don't know what that looks like at this season of my life, but I long for something more. I long for you. Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would help us in that quest. The Holy Spirit would be the holy reminder, the holy encourager, the holy truth revealer, the holy usher, ushering us, guiding us closer and closer to the divine indwelling of God and the God who is throughout the cosmos. And so perhaps we're in a season where we may not know what to pray and perhaps the ancient prayer of the early church, come Holy Spirit, veni sancte spiritus, may be all that we can pray or what we can pray so that God can show us the next step or a deeper way. I want to invite us into a time of singing, a time of praying that ancient prayer of the early church. And then Pastor Sharon will um, lead us in a time of centering prayer and silent prayer. And then we'll sing the Lord's Prayer from the faith we sing. I don't remember what number it is. I'm sorry, Worship and Song, the new book. Worship and Song. It's written by Mark Miller. We've sung it before. Um, 3071. You might want to just take that out and put it on your knee so that we can flow from this sung prayer 
Come Holy Spirit into a time of silence, into the pastoral prayers, and then we'll sing together uh, the Lord's Prayer. There's a few harmonies that you might sing to this. I'm going to invite you to sing after me. I'll sing one line and then you sing another. And then I'll sing a different harmony. And if that's in your range, you can sing that harmony. Come Holy Spirit, come. Would you sing that once with me? Come Holy Spirit, come. Okay, another part might be this. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come Holy Spirit, come. Or another part might be this. Whatever harmony we may have sung or a harmony you may discover, but let us sing this as a prayer from the depths of our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Oh,